Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. We're here. It's a beautiful 40-degree day here in the uh, not end 40 of April. <laughs> That's true. It's not. End of April. Uh, you know, I feel a little malaise because the stock market uh, got crushed yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was down like over 800 points. So mm-hmm. this morning as we're watching this beautiful, sunny, cold. February day. Fe- or, um, except it's uh, not. Except it's not. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about bonds today. Yeah. Yeah. Bonds seem like the right topic for the weather that we've had recently. It's kind right. of like boring, kind of, you know, just kind of doesn't really get you excited. But, you know, it's still important. Still, you have to pay attention to it. You know, so. I think just like the weather and your current uh, view on things, I yep. think bonds, uh, bonds are a little annoying to you. They are annoying to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into it. Um, we might need some new lead-in music too to the podcast. No way, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it, it's you're you're always about kind of the next thing. You know, how long have we had that? It's been a while now. Dan's got a great radio voice. Maybe he should come up with something to really pump it up, a little <laughs> pew 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 and stuff like that. You know, he could he could dial it up a little bit. Maybe we should have Griff do like a like a like a metal like oh. melt your face like intro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then we jump into like bonds. Hundred <laughs> percent. He needs to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm liking this idea. Just a solo yep. guitar. Just yep. did it, did it. Maybe. Yep. I don't know if I'm down with the the metalhead screamer guy, but and then you could play the trumpet because that's you know that was that was your. Sometimes you choice. retire from things, and I retired. Put it away. <laughs> well, Rose Bowl. It's like when, when Jerry Seinfeld doesn't want to run in the race against the other guy. I choose not to run. <laughs> All right, we digress. So uh, bonds are the topic of the day because bonds have had a uh, an auspicious start to the year, uh, to, to, to say the least. Uh, it's kind of like the, the track runner that that's getting started, gets his feet in the blocks and then just tumbles and, and falls, it just down. falls down. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty that's, much what bonds are this year. Yeah. Um, we're, we're literally at a, in a loss year to date in the, uh, one of the more popular bond indexes called the ag index, uh, depending on the day right now, between eight to 9%, um, which is a historic loss in the bond market. We yeah. Always, we'll have Dan flash up a chart. We'll, we'll have a link to this chart as well, but, right. um, just to take a step back on what the aggregate bond index is, um, it's approximately, uh, approximately about 70% government bonds, you know, U.S. government bonds and debt, and 30% corporate bonds. Right. So it's supposed to give a good representation of the overall debt market. Right. It's, it's, it's what you would, in most cases, kind of measure your bond portfolio against. It would be a good, a good uh, uh, kind of litmus test to see how am I doing. And so we always used to say, uh, that a bad year in the bond market was down 5%. I mean, that, that was kind of what we would use to, as a comparison to a bad year in the stock market. And so you can understand, you know, down eight to nine that in, in year to date, you know, I mean, we're not even to May yet. So, I mean, it's unbelievable. So let's talk about why. And I think that um, it's important in maybe elementary for some people listening, but just the idea of when interest rates go up, bond values go down and kind of why that is and, and really what that means, right? So let's just take a very rudimentary example, right? So let's take a GE, General Electric, and they issued a bond three years ago, right? And this is a hypothetical, right? So they issued a bond three years ago and stamped on the face of the bond was a 2% uh, yield on that bond, right? 
So that's what you're going to get is 2%. And today, let's say that they're going to issue new bonds. And because interest rates have gone up, they're going to stamp, say, 3.5% on the face of the bond that they issue today. Okay. Same thing, three-year bond. Three-year bond, everything, all, all the variables stay constant with the one that was, that was issued you know, three years ago. Well, obviously, the one that you have from three years ago at 2% stamped on its face is going to be worth less than the one issued today because why would I buy your bond when it has 2% stamped on the face when I can buy a brand new one that has 3.5% stamped on the face. So therefore, your the value of your bond is, is less. It's gone down. You'd have to sell your bond for less than what you paid for it to make it marketable compared to what today's bonds would go for. So when interest rates go up, bond values go down because I can get today's interest rates on a new bond and I don't have to take what the interest rates were, uh, say, three years ago or two years ago or whatever the time period is. So, Yeah, and... You know, the one thing to note there is that's, you know, bonds are, are marked kind of to market. And in other words, they're valued every day. Um, but in many cases, unlike, you know, uh, kind of unlike stocks, you know, you have this stamped coupon rate that you're going to receive and you're going to receive that. Maybe it's on a quarterly basis. Maybe it's on a monthly basis, but you receive that income and it just continues and you can just hold the bond until maturity. So in your example, if you didn't sell it, right, you'd get your yield. The 2%. Your 2% yield, yep. and you just get that. And, and your bond, money back. And your money back. You know, if you put 10 grand in it, you get your 2%. Right. The whole way through, you'd get your 10 grand back. Done. And you really didn't lose anything at all as long as GE is a going concern. They didn't go out of business. And then also uh, that you didn't sell mid-period. Mid period. Right. So you're fine if you right. just held it. Now, yeah, and I think that's a good point you bring up. Let me jump in just for a second. So people, I think one of the one of the common misconceptions when I buy a bond, and, and understand, you know, taking a half step back from this, the reason why this is so uh, such a, a hot button issue today, relatively speaking, is because interest rates have been falling in the United States for, I mean, you can more or less say for the last 20 to 25 years, not a straight line fall, but the trend has been down for literally the last 20 to 25 years. And if we go back to what we just said, when interest rates go up, bond values go down. Therefore, when, when interest rates go down, bond values go up. So the bond market has been performing well for literally the last 20 to 25 years, right? Now that's a pretty blanket generalized statement, but that's more or less what's happened. And so the fact that we have interest rates going up now and we have bond values going down is a whole new animal for a lot of people. A lot of people have lost sight of the fact that you can lose money in bonds. And you're seeing right now that you can lose money and you can lose a lot of money in bonds like people did in the 70s and 80s when we had a, a uh, you know, a, a almost an unprecedented at that time, uh, rising interest rate market. So let's pause and we'll, we'll ask our non-financial advisor. Danny, does that make sense? Okay, we, we got kind of a mostly yes. All right, so all right, so we haven't lost Dan yet, so I think we're in pretty good shape. We I can think keep we going. Yeah, now if you take that, we, we kind of said something about an individual bond, yep. and you can do those. Uh, you, can, you can buy treasuries, you can buy corporate bonds, you can do all that, but most people don't. Right. Um, you know, Don't back, buy an individual bond. Don't buy an individual bond. Right. And I, I do right. think there's a case now for it, and that's yes. for a different podcast, but I think there is a case for buying individual bonds uh, particularly government bonds presently. Uh, but if we look back at kind of how most investors are constituted, they buy a fund. Yes. So that's why, you know, they have all the bonds inside of the fund are valued every day. 
And that's why you can see your fund adjust its valuation every day. So basically the, the fund price will change and all of the bonds inside of it are priced. And then that rolls up to the overall price. Right. So a good example of that for, for a visual for people would be, um, you know, think of a mutual a bond fund, for example, that's a grocery, a grocery cart, right? And, and all of the items that you've chosen on your grocery trip that day, those are the bonds inside of the cart, right? You're just buying the cart, you're buying everything that's inside of it. And it might have some treasuries, it might have some corporates, it might have some mortgage backed securities. Um, but you're buying a basket of of investments that are not all the same. Some have short, um, periods of time attached to them known as maturities. Some have longer ones. And so you're getting kind of a mix. And so to your point, Clint, you, most people are just buying a bond fund, uh, and, and then getting the cumulative effect of the bonds that, that are held within that fund. Correct. And it's usually kind of tied to a certain goal. If you're buying say index funds, you know, you could buy a mortgage backed security fund. You could buy a, uh, you know, a treasury fund. You could buy a long-term bond yep. fund that could be long-term corporate bonds or long-term treasuries. So the places that have gotten hit the most during this downdraft have been the longer maturity, as you can kind of imagine. So you're taking more risk the longer you go out in bonds because interest rates are very uncertain over a 30-year period versus you know a one-year period. Right. So and and the Fed influences the very short-term side of the curve. So the Fed, you know, is really this discount rate, this super short rate. The Fed does have an influence through that, but the Fed really doesn't influence long-term rates at all. The market really just the market determines long-term interest rates. So you know, that can be a bit more volatile on that side of the curve. So longer dated securities have gotten hit pretty hard. So the aggregate bond, you know, the duration of that is, is kind of intermediate duration to long duration. So, you know, when you gave the example, like right now I'm looking at the sheet, it's about eight and a half percent that it's down and that's total return. That is, that is including the interest being paid by the bond. That's how bad it's been. So positive of the interest being paid on the bond and you're still down eight and a half. That's right. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's a bad, that's a bear market in bonds, you know, really. Cause they're, you know, 20% down is the bear market in stocks. This is certainly what I would consider to be a bear market in bonds right now. So, you know, how do you mitigate that? Well, you know, high quality bonds uh, have generally done all right. Although I, I looked at it, high yield bonds and it's not on this chart, but high yield bonds have held up fairly well because they pay higher interest rates. Right. So the more credit quality, the more credit risk you take, the higher you have to pay. So it's like, right. you know, if Nate had a 500 credit score and I had an 800 credit score, who's going to pay more for that? Well, Nate's going to pay a lot more in interest rates. So same thing with companies. Um, so they're, they're going to have to pay more. So that helps offset when they don't <laughs> go bankrupt. That helps offset, uh, you know, the, the uh, credit risk you take and, and it helps offset some of the losses that you have from the duration risk. So, you know, those are some of the things that you can do to help mitigate this, you could drop your credit quality, which in this environment, you know, I don't know. That's it's risky. That's a, a risky okay. proposition. The other thing that you can do is shorten your duration, right? Right. So you're saying I want to stay shorter on the curve, give myself more certainty. And actually in this environment, uh, you know, we, we tend to just as a general consensus in the office, believe that, that right now we're better served in short-term bonds because, you know, there will be a period of time where interest rates increase and perhaps then we add, duration back. 
But right. at this point, it probably makes more sense to be on the short side, just in our opinion. Yeah, because you the the bonds mature faster, so you're not you're you you kind of get to hit the reset button, if you will, and buy a fresh new bond, like we we illustrated with the GE example. Um, you get to do that sooner, right? So if I have a two year bond versus an eight year bond, I only have to wait two more years before I can reset to whatever today's rates are. Versus an eight year, I'm locked into that, and there's nothing I can do until I get to that point, right? I mean, other than sell it, and again, then I'm going to probably sell it at a loss. Exactly. And just to give people some, some examples, you know, I, I ran a couple different things and, and these are all really high quality type of bonds, just showing uh, generally how they've performed. Um, mortgage backed securities are down about, you know, about seven and a half percent. I'm seeing like 7.66. Um, again, Dan will flash this chart up, but uh, you know, the tips index, which is treasury inflation protected securities. So some people go, well, okay, I know high, inflation's high. I just want to buy some inflation protected securities because it says it in the name. Well, those are actually really long dated bonds. So that's even down 4.7%. Sure. And then if you bought short term uh, tips, so short term treasury inflation protected securities, that actually has performed the best. It's a, uh, out of all the ones we've shown here about down uh, right around 1%. So, yeah. you know, even that hasn't avoided loss. So no matter where you've been this year, you likely have lost money in bonds unless you're essentially in cash or short-term right. paper. So right, and the silver lining here, um, and and we'll we'll honestly bring this to a close because if we go too long in this conversation, people will will you know uh, fall asleep while driving. I know they love bonds. I mean, they'll but. fall asleep literally. So um, the silver lining here is that if if the Fed continues to push, push rates up, and it appears as though they will, because it looks as though inflation is going to be a problem uh, for the next few year, years, likely, not the next few months. This is They're not gonna fix this in the next couple months. I mean, it's just probably not gonna happen. So um, the silver lining here is that we could actually get into a position where we could make a, a solid case for buying individual bonds and just saying, yeah, let me have that 10-year treasury or that five-year treasury um, that might be paying you know, three, three and a half percent um, by the time we get to the end of the year. That might look like a pretty a pretty solid deal because, as we said, as long as you hold it for the life of the of the, the bond, and whoever issued the bond doesn't go out of business, uh, you're getting your money back. So that, that's a pretty it's a pretty solid space, and we've not been in that space for a long time, and that's the reason also why CD rates have been so low for so long, is because rates have been so low for so long, and so um, I mean, when's the last time you could get three and a half percent on a CD? Been I mean, a long time. Literally been probably. 2000 mid mid early you know the aughts if you will right 2004 2005 maybe something like that right 2006 so um that's the silver lining is we might get into a spot where the bond market if we have cash and we want to buy bonds fresh off the shelf if you will that might actually turn into a pretty a pretty good decision here coming up exactly so we wanted to give everyone just a, a short uh, sort of thing on bonds right now. And uh, we'll be back with a little bit more on bonds in the future. So thank you for joining us on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, 
or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.